It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Welcome to your Saturday morning radio extravaganza. It is Bo Snerdly, James Golden, if you'd like to be part of our early morning, wee morning radio extravaganza. All you have to do. Pick up the telephone, 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. And we have a power-packed extravaganza for you today. We will have an inaugural uh, feature with Kevin Perez, and that is called Crooked Competitors. That will be later in the show. Of course, it's Saturday morning. That means you will hear from Princess Diana. Princess Di will be with us. Later in the program, I wonder if Derek Hunter's out there listening anywhere, my man Derek. Because um, if he is, <laughs> I wonder what's on his mind today. Uh, it is the weekend before election, so of course we will speak a lot about the coming elections. That doesn't mean we will not cover the other news items and there are plenty of new item, news items to choose from. You know, I haven't talked about this case of the Nets uh, basketball guy, this Kyrie Irving guy, who apparently has been suspended now without pay for the remarks that he made that are deemed anti-Semitic. Um, I haven't seen this movie that he that he's referring to. Uh, so I don't know. Maybe we will get into that. Maybe we won't. Twitter has been in the news all week. I am, and I've been on Twitter for years, and I used Twitter at Bo Snerdly, at Bo, S-N-E-R-D-L-E-Y, dot com. And also, by the way, since I'm mentioning where you can find me, you can also sign up for the Daily BS, which is powered by American Wire News. The Daily BS, we blast out news items you won't find, or at least you won't find this take on them anywhere else. We do it twice a day, seven days a week, the Daily BS. You just go to jamesgolden.com or bosnerly.com, either one, and um, you can sign up for the Daily BS. Now, there is an article today from the New York Times opinion columnist Jamil Bowie, and he laments what happens. This is what happens when Republicans tear off their mask. I saw that headline. I said, well, I want to know what happens because I didn't even know Republicans wear masks. We're not like progressives. Progressives hide pretty much who they are. They don't tell you the truth, or they didn't, at least until recently, for years. They didn't tell you what their real designs on America were. They hid behind catchphrases like, oh, good, Derek Hunter's listening. They hid, yeah, Derek, we're going to call you. They hid behind phrases like, oh, income inequality. Oh, we want social justice. We want to help people of color. All that kind of nice stuff. It sounds nice. But they didn't tell you what they wanted to do was tax you blind, rob you blind, take your money, and spend it on their crony and their crooked cronyism. They rail against capitalism. They hate the United States of America as it was founded. That is a phrase that Russ used to use. I think I borrowed it. Thank you. Um, and But they never told you that. They had the mask on. They dressed everything up. Republicans told you straight up what they were for. 
or against. But now this columnist from the New York Times, and by the way, I respect Jamil Bowie. If anybody out here knows Jamil, tell him we talk about him a lot on this program. He writes for the New York Times. He may, I don't know where he's from. But Jamil writes about interesting things, and he's not a slouch. I mean, this guy's a thinker. He's not a slouch. I just disagree with him. He used to be over at Slate. That's where I first started reading him. But uh, Jamil says this is what happens when Republicans tear off their mask. Even by the degraded standards of 2022, it's been shocking. Absolutely shocking. I am shocked. I am outraged. It's been shocking to watch Republican politicians and conservative media. I didn't know you people read conservative media, Jamil. Respond to the brutal attack on Paul Pelosi, Speaker Nancy Pelosi's husband, with lies, conspiracy mongering. That's one word. I like that word, conspiracy mongering. And gleeful disregard, gleeful disregard, he says, for the victim. And what does he mean by that? Well, let's delve into it, shall we? He says, Glenn Youngkin, the Republican governor of Virginia, made light of the assault, which left the 82-year-old Pelosi hospitalized with serious injuries while campaigning. The, um, what what did he say that upset Jamil so much? Here's what he said. Speaker Pelosi's husband, they had a break-in last night in the House, and he was assaulted. There's no room for violence anywhere. That's what Youngkin said. Ooh, that's terrible, isn't it? And what appeared to be a straightforward condemnation of the attack until he added to the cheers of the crowd that we're going to send her back to be with him in California. Oh, that's just terrible. We're going to send Nancy Pelosi back to be with her husband in California. Oh, that's just horrible. It's horrible. Terrible. How dare he say that he, we're going to send Nancy Pelosi back. This woman who spent, if you remember, the last years of the Trump the Trump presidency doing everything she can to overthrow a duly elected president with baseless impeachment. And now he's saying the real problem is we say, uh, 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 Governor Youngkin says, we're going to send her back to California. How utterly terrible is that? Boo-hoo-hoo-hoo-hoo. Carrie Lake, we are going to play a Carrie Lake press conference portions of it in a while you have to hear it. Carrie Lake, the Republican nominee for governor of Arizona, used the attack on Pelosi, who underwent surgery to repair a skull fracture after he was struck on the head with a hammer by the stand as fodder for a joke. Okay, here we go. Get ready. Buckle in for the horrible joke. But Carrie Lake said, Nancy Pelosi, well, she's got protection when she's in D.C. In DC. Apparently her house doesn't have a lot of protection, she said. That's the terrible joke. That's it. That's how horrible, horrible, utterly horrible Republicans are. Gee, Nancy Pelosi's got protection. Apparently her house in California doesn't. And the crowd laughed a little bit at that. Oh, that's just terrible. Horrible. Jamil, you need a humor rectory, my man. What is this? This is my computer. Let me silence it. Every two minutes this thing keeps, shut up. Okay. Every two minutes it goes up. Anyway, 
Carrie Lake saying that her house doesn't have protection. Oh, that's protection. That's just utterly terrible. That's just horrible. Not to be outdone, Jamil. Jamil, you need a humorectory, my man. Not to be outdone, Representative Clay Higgins, a Louisiana Republican, poised to chair a congressional subcommittee if his party wins the House, echoed a conservative conspiracy theory about the attack when he tweeted a picture of Nancy Pelosi with the comment, the moment you realize the nudist hippie male prostitute LSD guy was the reason your husband didn't make it to your, to your fundraiser. Okay. He's talking about the guy. He's not really talking about Nancy, and there were all kind of things swirling about this guy's. Where do we learn about him? We learned about him in the press. In fact, NBC News yesterday, we played this on our Bo Snurley's Rush Hour yesterday, had a report from Nancy Pelosi's house. And they later deleted the report because the report raised more questions And apparently these questions made people feel uncomfortable. So one of the things I like about Bowie is he goes back and talks about the founders. Now, you won't find liberal Democrats that talk about the founders that much. He writes in his piece that James Madison hoped that the people will have the virtue and intelligence to select men of virtue and wisdom to lead their republic. And if not, he said, if not, there was no virtue among us. Then Americans were a re- in a wretched situation. It's amazing to me that a Democrat could actually read that and aim his vitriol at Republicans. So this is how the Republican mask is off. We're terrible people because Youngkin says we're going to send Pelosi back to California to be with her husband because Carrie Lake says... I don't know, Pelosi's house doesn't have protection. And because a congressman retweets a meme about the alleged attacker. What happens when Democrats tear off their mask? We see all kind of things, Jamil, when Democrats tear off their mask. We see body parts from babies being sold by the organization you guys put up as almost your religious artifact, Planned Parenthood. We see words like gender affirmation described to use, to to, to describe the mutilation of children in irreversible surgeries before they even are mature enough to understand what's being done to them. What happens when when Democrats tear off their masks? We see crime. And criminals let out on the street to murder people. And your party doesn't give a damn. We see uh, illegal immigrants pour through unvetted and drugs pouring into the country, Jamil. That's what happened when Democrats tear off your mask. We see spending out of control that will cripple the American economy for decades to come. Now, in all fairness, Jamil, that just doesn't happen with Democrats. Republicans have a role to play with that one, too. What do we see? We see failing schools 
in every single blue city in America where parents aren't allowed to send their kids to the best schools if they can, Jamil. That's what we see when your party tears off its ugly little mask. We see the cancel culture alive and well where people are not allowed to talk the truth. We see people, there's an article today in the Los Angeles Times, another one of these articles are are people that didn't get their vaccine still a harm to society, some such nonsense going on and on about the the un, the unvaccinated and to this day what you won't find in places like the LA Times is a truthful accounting of what is happening to people that do get a vaccine because that news we're not supposed to get that's what we get when democrats tear off their ugly little mask if you talk honestly about medical issues you get canceled by these liberals We see the agony of what's going on over at Twitter right now. Where you got a bunch of civil rights groups that are calling for boycotts because they don't happen to like the person that bought it. And because they don't want the other voices in America. These guys are totalitarian. They only want their own voices heard, no one else's. That's what we see when Democrats rip off their masks, Jamil. So let's talk masks, shall we? And see whose mask we can live with. And whose mask, when they go maskless, really hurts America? Jamil. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurly. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Have you a cup of coffee? Join us here. And stay with us here. We've got almost two and a half hours and more, maybe two hours, 45 minutes left to go. So stay with us here. We're going to have a lot of fun today, not just serious issues. Your calls are welcome, 800 848-WABC. Back right after this. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. Bruno Mars brings us back. Showtime. All right, baby. WABC Talk Radio 77. Oh, my man, Derek Hunter. I just asked to call Derek. Hey, Derek, I hear you on. What's going on, Derek? James, how are you? People, just so people know, I had a, a listener, both of ours, email me and goes, Are you guys mad at James? Really mad at you? No, no, we just uh, we spoke passionately <laughs> last week. And, you know, I, I don't hold any grudges. You probably do, because not only am I more brilliant than you, I'm also better looking. But other than that, I don't think so. <laughs> You got stumped last week. Why would I? Why would I hold any judge? You know, I mean, it's one thing to be a Trump hater like you, but it's another thing uh-huh. to actually go public with it. So, you know, no, I was no, no, I was no. very pleased that you did it actually. And <laughs> uh, I'm a James Golden hater more than a Trump hater. <laughs> oh man, what are you? Hey, Derek. So the elections are are, are coming up on Tuesday. What are you expecting? Yeah. Uh. You know, I hate making predictions because if I if I bet five bucks on the sun rising in the east, it would pop up in the west. So that's just 
you know, my luck. I'm expecting that uh, if we find out, if we see what's happening in th- those three House seats in Northern Virginia early on in the night and Republicans sweep them as well as Bulldog up in uh, New Hampshire coming in close, even just close, it's going to be an exceedingly good night for Republicans. But, There's uh, an article well, in the Wall Street Journal today that's already kind of finger-pointing at Democrats. Is basically, hey, 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 this this guy is is who you wanted. And now it looks like he can pull this off is pretty much the gist of it. Of course, we don't know that it's going to happen, but it's tight. You know, you know, the race that surprises me that's tight. And that would be, uh, the, uh, the one in Arizona with Blake Masters and, uh, Mark Kelly. And Blake Masters was not given a chance. If you no. remember the early weeks of reporting on this and even as we went through, but right now, they're showing Blake. The polls are showing Emerson College polling in Arizona shows Masters with forty-eight percent and Mark Kelly forty-seven percent. Both, of course, are within the margin of error, which means that this race could go either way. And of course, that's always a fright to Republicans because if it's close, if it's you know the 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 joke is Democrats always like to get elections within the margin of stealing. But, <laughs> but all good humor is based in truth. <laughs> but, but, um, but this one is is a surprise. I think. I mean, Kelly has a solid background. He was Gabby Gifford. Is got he is Gabby Gifford's husband. He came to prominence. He's a former astronaut, former Navy pilot. He has creds you, out there. No, you, and you, this, you're right. Look on paper, Mark Kelly is an impressive guy. But have you ever seen Mark Kelly? Speak? Have you ever heard him speak? Have you name one Mark Kelly accomplishment in the United States Senate? You can't be an impressive on paper person and a big old nothing burger in reality. Yes, you and can. So, the Senate is full of them. Name he is okay. One of them. He is one let of let them. me turn the question back on you. Seriously, name yeah. me an accomplishment of any senator in the United States Senate in the last term. Joe Manchin, let's go for him. You know, Joe Manchin's out today talking about uh, the need to reform Social Security and Medicaid. Yeah. Really? Well, you you have to understand. Well, accomplishments, you can look at Democrats. As far as Democrats go, they're horrible things, according to us. And we're right, but the Democrats passed tax cuts. They passed the... uh, the Green New Deal, essentially, under the guise of it being inflation reduction. If you're a liberal Democrat, you can say you did those things. But Tax cuts. Times, they increase taxes, Derek. Well, I understand that. But this is their verbiage. It's Like I said, well, we passed the uh, Inflation Reduction Act. It has nothing to do with inflation. It's a lie. But they would look at Oh, I see. I see Joy got around. I see Republicans taught you the word inflation, too. Because <laughs> no, we don't know. The, that's what, what Joy Reid says, that... That 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 we all Republicans we've been teaching the word inflation because we never knew it until then until now. He, Joy Joy Reid is the reason slip-on shoes exist because tying a knot is a bridge too far. It is amazing to me how there are no standards at NBC News now. They got rid of Tiffany Cross, who was you know, just a horrible racist, and, and more importantly from a television perspective, incredibly boring, predictable. It was You would sit there and you'd watch the show and you'd go, is this, is this a rerun? Because she's saying the same absolute garbage she always says. They got rid of her. 
And you sit there and you go, well, did they get rid- why didn't they get rid of joy if they're setting standards that you can't be a racist from MSNBC? They'd already paid for the billboards with her mug all over the place saying that she was going to be one of the four anchors on their election night coverage. So they, they can't – the invitations are at the engravers. You can't change who you're bringing to the dance. But they didn't get rid of Tiffany because of a racial comment. They got rid of her because she said Florida looks like a a DIC. I understand that. But that was on Comedy Central. It wasn't on uh, MSNBC. And you know how this works, James. Your boss can have it out for you, and they just wait for your uh, the opportunity to present itself. They need cover. They need covering fire, and they find it. Look, her show is terrible. Her show was not popular to say it was the second highest rated show on the weekends amongst black viewers is a lot like being the tallest midget. Like, OK, you got 12 and Sharpton has 15. Like you're, you're if you control the unit, everything is comes down to the unit of measure that you pick. You know, if I get to choose what the standards are, I'm the tallest, best looking, most handsome, funniest, whatever. But if you go by other standards, somebody else will be. If you want to really burrow down to why in Ohio, Western Ohio, she has the highest rated show for the first 15 minutes of it. And so we're number one. Like, Okay, you're not really number one. You have to set that many qualifiers to it. So she won't be missed by anybody. But uh, it's interesting, the arbitrary nature of MSNBC's standards. I, I appreciate that they have them. I didn't know that they did. But um, they don't seem to be applied across the board. The same thing with this Paul Pelosi thing and the pearl clutching you're talking about. Going, oh, my goodness, somebody made a joke. How many Rand Paul had it coming jokes are out there? Pelosi's when it comes to being... daughter. Pelosi's know, daughter, who's now being touted, by the way, in the Daily Mail. They said Pelosi wants to hand over the seat to her daughter. You know, this is, the Yeah. Christina. Well, you've got uh, a situation where the the Democrats only mention James Hodgkinson because they're mad he didn't have better aim. Like, I mean, are you kidding me that you can't make a joke about this? They don't even. I was on uh, Al Jazeera this week against some lefty I'd never heard of. It was through a translator. But you're on Al Jazeera now, huh, Derek? She was going on and on about uh, all the political violence on the right. And uh, the Brett Kavanaugh attempted assassination didn't exist. The baseball uh, game attempted assassination didn't exist. It was all this right-wing extremism. And you're talking about Democrat or Republicans taking off their masks with Jamel Bowie. When Democrats take off their masks, they don't take off their masks. They take off their hoods. And they only do it to get a little bit of air. Oh, Derek, that's a great line. This goes to show you why you're, you know, so revered as a columnist and a writer. You come up with lines once in a while that are just, yeah, <laughs> spot on, my friend. Uh-oh, now you're saying nice things about me? The world is... Well, you're still a Trump hell. hater. You're still a Trump <laughs> hater. And, and no, you know, no, my I, audience was wise to you. This audience is so wise to you. They saw through all your fluff last week. They know mm-hmm. that you're just another one of these establishment kind of Trump-hating people. And they, they saw the, but 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 we're nice people here. We don't... We... we Oprah, do you have? Did you ever watch Oprah? I yeah. Sometimes I've been on a bender and didn't go to bed and watch Oprah. Talk about really God, what an awful human being Oprah is. I, I, what? The, she's a horrible human being. Aside from the fact that she too was a good a member in good standing of of Jeremiah Wright's church, people always forget that. 
uh, with Barack Obama, the, what she's doing to Dr. Oz, when all she really had to do, she, and she said it, and I love this backhanded way she said it, well, I told people it's up to them. I'm, but if I lived it, I'm not going to endorse anybody. But if I lived there, I would have already voted for Fetterman. Like, you gutter snipe, you have, that's exactly what you're doing. And how many millions or billions of dollars did Dr. Oz help make her? Not that you got to owe somebody forever or sell out your politics because of that. But when you make the proclamation, I'm going to stay out of it, stay the hell out of it. Because it's it's close, because Frankenstein Uncle Fester up there is unable to string together a coherent sentence, even when it's fed to him on a teleprompter, you feel compelled to go in. I would have asked Oprah, okay, then what about this stumbling, bumbling idiot who doesn't address questions he's asked and seems confused? What is it that's appealing about him? What is it that Oprah has to have Fetterman in the Senate for? And it, it's, it's all abortion. That's all the Democrats have is abortion. I've never seen anybody, in a group of people, incapable of the concept of safe sex, apparently, than Democrats are. It eludes them. The very concept seems to elude them, or they seem to project. My, my theory on abortion, by the way, I think I nailed this, and you can tell me if I'm, I'm wrong or if I'm right, is that it is a whole bunch of leftists who've had abortions who – want to believe it's perfectly normal. They're haunted by it. It bothers them. They think about it more often than they'd like to. So they try to get as many people as possible to do it so they can try to convince themselves further that it's perfectly normal and they didn't kill a baby. I think you said, I think there's a lot of truth in that, Derek. I really do. You know, I think because you're you're calling calling Oprah, but I just want to make note of on this show who the guy is attacking the black woman, calling her a gutter snipe. What else did you call her? A horrible human being. And what else? I mean, if you give me more time, I can call her worse things. And if you take it (laughs) off there, I'll swear. (laughs) Um, You know, she had on. She's the one that brought Dr. Oz to America. I know. He was on her show 60 times, more than 60 times. Hey, when he's making her money, they're really good friends. And now he's a horrible person for what? What exactly does Dr. Oz want to do that's different than John Fetterman? He's not even 100% pro-life. He just has some restrictions on abortion. He wants to leave it up to the states, but... She doesn't care. She doesn't matter. Progressives are progressives first and foremost in anything else, including a decent human being or a loyal friend, a distant second. Derek Hunter, we may call you again later in the show. You go back to writing your column. Where can people find your column, by the way, Derek? Uh, townhall.com, mon- Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday. And they can, they can, you can look him up and buy his books. Derek is a prolific author. He's also a talk show host. We're not going to mention which radio station because that's unfair competition. Oh, you and, just uh, get my podcast. It's different. Just search the Derek Hunter podcast if you can subscribe there. Yeah, that's a good idea. All right, Derek. Thank you, my friend. We appreciate it. I'm going to play Carrie Lake's. Did you Carrie Lake press conference earlier in the week where she she's so good? She's so good. You know, she's one of those de- ones we. I wrote a column on Friday. We owe Democrats a debt of gratitude. They gave us some really good candidates that otherwise might not have gotten through the primary process had they not dumped $46 million into it. Right. Terry Lake is one of them. 
Carrie Lake had the most brilliant presser I have seen, I don't know whether in my life or not, but this is certainly right up there. It was an amazing presser. We're going to play some of it when we get back. Derek Hunter, thank you so much. Appreciate you. All right, Derek Hunter, we'll be back. James Golden, a.k.a. our Saturday morning radio extravaganza coming back right after this. Oh, knows politics and so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. WABC. Basia brings us back. Song made famous by Re. Aretha Franklin, written by Stevie Wonder. Let's head to the telephones. Yes, we're going to do Carrie Lake, but I want to get some calls in really quickly. Jennifer, Wisconsin. How are you, Jennifer? I'm doing well. Thank you. Yeah, so we had Ron Johnson on yesterday, Senator Ron Johnson. That's another tight race. Not at the finish line yet, so I hope voters are still out there doing their thing and not going to sit down. But it looks like, it looks like if things hold according to the latest polling, Ron Johnson's going to hang on to that seat. Yeah, I noticed that. So, my but darling, I, what's what's on your mind this morning? Why did you call us? I called is because I like your show and I listen every Saturday morning. Um, I'm at work when you're on during the day, so I don't catch you then. Oh well, I appreciate that. You're up early on Saturdays, aren't you? Yes, sir. I'm up early every day, actually. <laughs> <laughs> really. What do you do? What kind of work do you do? Um, I worked at a, as a cashier at Dollar Tree. Oh, cool. Well, I'm glad to see that Dollar Trees have survived because, Lord knows, I bet you nothing's a dollar anymore or almost nothing with inflation the way it is. You know, by the way, uh, Joy Reid, that, that person on NBC, said that we don't we Republicans had to teach people the word inflation because they don't normally use the word inflation. So are, are people complaining out there, Wisconsin, about higher prices as they are almost everywhere else, Jennifer? Pretty much. Um, we even have customers come in and say they hate the fact that our stuff is a dollar and a quarter now. <laughs> <laughs> Just a dollar. Just so, a dollar. I mean, we held out, but you we can still only have do so much. You have to make a profit. You, there's only so much you can do. Yep. Well, maybe they'll rename it a dollar and a quarter tree if everything holds. So, Jennifer, look, we appreciate your call. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here every Saturday. We're so glad to have you in the audience. Thank you for listening to me as well. All right. Let's go to Viviana in Brooklyn. Hello, Viviana. How are you? Hello, Bo. What a pleasure um, to hear your voice and have you uh, making the issues the issues. Um, I really appreciate um, how you bring your guests and everyone to really form an opinion that's clear 
instead of the propaganda from the the uh, liberal right. Um, I'm calling because uh, you're welcome. I'm calling because I'm very concerned that um, Biden's rhetoric, they keep on saying our rhetoric. No, Biden's rhetoric, even Hillary Clinton has started saying that if the elections turn to the Republicans, they're the ones that are the election spoilers. They're, they are engaging in election fraud. Um, and with Biden's rhetoric, he's causing a rift in Americans to say, if they win, you, your way of life is going to be destroyed. We've never had an American pseudo-president ever do that. And it's like living in a third world country. What do you think about that? Well, I think you're very astute, number one. Uh, Joe Biden has crossed the line in terms of the unpresidential nature of his remarks, blaming half the com- uh, country, labeling half the country as extremists. But that is, and of course, that's echoed by Hillary Clinton. But I have a theory about Hillary Clinton. You, you, you know how, oh, this is going to be sexist. I'm sorry. You know how men learn how to tune out certain women? They talk and you just, you, you say yes, dear, at the right moment. Yes, dear. But you don't really hear a word they're saying. You just hear the sound of the voice and the inflections and you're not paying. I think that's what America does to Hillary Clinton. It's like Hillary Clinton talks and everybody's like, yes, dear. Yes, dear. Go away, dear. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. The Republicans are bad. Yes, dear. Yes, dear. And no one cares what she says. She's irrelevant. Hillary Clinton's best days were done ages ago. She's not anything, anybody that anyone takes seriously anymore. She preaches to her own little choir group, and it's like, yes, dear, Eh, whatever. Yeah, Hillary, okay, thanks. Now, Clyburn, on the other hand, has been out saying that if Republicans win, it sets the stage for Nazism. This is like what happened under Nazism. Look, here's what's here's what's up. These people are desperate. They have nothing. American people see what's going on. Democrats are going to be be Democrats. Derek said progressives would be progressives. Rush used to say Democrats are Democrats first. Liberals are liberals first. They'll always be liberals first, and that's right. No matter what happens, they're going to be liberals. And they are not focused on the things that we are. Look, Governor Hochul is telling people not to worry about crime because it's just a perception. And the only thing she wants to talk about is that she passed some gun laws and that she made the outrageous claim that she's taking guns out of the hands of uh, that, that no a young person will be able to get an AR-15. Well, that's just bullshit um, stuff because criminals always can get their hands on guns. And you have young criminals, they'll get their hands on guns. But she's ignoring the fact that every day in New York there's some horrid crime, there's some horrid rape, there's some horrid experience people have on the subway, there's some horrid, there's a story today about a, a, a dad who was shot celebrating uh, the birth of his one-year-old. I don't know whether that was New York or not. I mean, of his the birth of his baby and was killed. Every day there were, there are stories about these awful criminals that are out doing terrible things And these things affect people's lives, and they do instill fear because it is so random and so heinous very often. And yet she says, oh, it's just a state of mind. 
This woman's in a bubble. She doesn't deserve to be elected. She has never been elected governor. She doesn't she doesn't deserve to be elected governor now. She doesn't care. They don't care about inflation. They don't care what you have to pay for at the store and how much it costs because of their policies. So that's all they have are ad hominem attack on Republicans. Oh, they're going to kill democracy. Uh, you know, Tucker Carlson the other day, I read this in um, in either BizPack Review or American Wire. Tucker Carlson the other night said that the election of Republicans will not destroy democracy. The elections are democracy. And that's a brilliant point. Look, these people, all they have is name-calling. And if we fall for it, if we get upset because they call us names, we'll endlessly be upset. That's all they have. They don't have policies that can help people. On Monday, I think Jen has scheduled, um, there's a guy out in, a professor out at one of the Southern California universities who wrote a piece, an op-ed piece that I read from in the Los Angeles Times, and he talks about schools. Now, this guy has to be a flaming liberal, and I don't care because he's interesting. And I want to talk with him about failing schools because he made the point about let's get to the root cause of failing schools. And that's what I want to talk with him about. How we fail millions of kids in this country every single day. We refuse to fix these schools. We refuse to fix our education. Now we're more focused on on sexualizing kids than teaching them how to be independent thinkers, how to prepare themselves for their lives and compete on the world stage. I don't understand in this country why that's not the number one issue. What are we doing to the children? But I'm going to talk with him on Monday. Those are the issues that that I'm concerned about and millions of you are concerned about, not whether these Democrats keep calling us horrible names. And as far as Hillary Clinton goes, like I said, yak, yak, who cares? Yak, yak, yak. Yes, dear. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, coming back right after this. Now, here's the soul of excellence. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurley, on 77 WABC. Bob James brings us back. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Brew yourself a lovely cup of coffee. It's so good Hang out with us. We're here until 10 o'clock, at which point Larry Kudlow steps in, one of the greatest economists in the world today. I think this was on Bob James' seventh album. I've enjoyed Bob James since the first album. And one of the things I like about it, he's a kind of a New York-centric artist. This one, of course, is Friends. But then one of my other favorites is this. Westchester Lady. He's got some cool songs. Tap and Z, we have in the library now. 
But the Westchester Lady, I've always loved this song. I hope you like it, too. Westchester ladies, just incredibly beautiful. Yes, they are. Well, excluding some... In- okay, I'm not going to talk about Chappaqua. <laughs> well, only because, you know, who lives in Chappaqua? The one that we say yes, dear to. Um, Let's see. Uh, Carrie Lake. Let's get started with the Carrie Lake press conference. Now, picture this. This is an outdoor event, and Carrie Lake is standing there amid... A circle of journalists, reporters, TV cameras everywhere. Let's just play the first. This is this went on for I don't know about nine minutes or something. So I had we I asked Jen if she could put this into three segments so we could just listen to it as it goes on. Uh, Diego, fire off the first one. Let's hear Carrie Lake. And so I want you to take the same vigor you put into the story, the lies that were spread yesterday. And I want to make sure you guys, I saw last night, Fox 10 News, my old employer, wow. They actually did more to protect the criminal in this case. They blurred his face. They protected Katie Hobbs because they're carrying her water. And they defamed me. They put defamatory statements, lies about me. And the reason they didn't that they did that is because this was the real news yesterday. Carrie Lake of it. We're 11 points up. You're in a frenzied panic because your chosen candidate is not winning. You didn't want to cover this, so you had to run with a completely garbage bullshit story. Shame on each and every one of you. Shame on you. Now, we had an incident this morning at about 6.45 a.m., we have video, we have actually a photographic evidence of somebody rummaging through our, our campaign headquarters, and I believe it was Katie Hobbs, and I would like to show you that photographic evidence. I hope you'll cover this with the same vigor that you covered everything else. Now, we're laughing. I know this is a joke, obviously, in case you didn't figure it out. But what I'm trying to tell you is it's a joke what you guys are doing in the news, and the world should know. That you guys are not serious journalists when you cover this garbage. Oh, I love it. Shame on you. Shame on you for trying to change the election results. I know, Joe, that your eyes hurt over there and you're too cool for school. Joe Dana doesn't even want to pay attention over here with, with 12 News, one of the worst instigators of fake news in town. This is the kind of garbage. I love this it. Calling the them out by you name. Guys spread. When I get to the questions, you will. I will, Joe. But let me tell you, this was the real news yesterday, guys. 11 points up. Not a darn one of you covered it. I'm sure Fox 10, when they got the results of their poll, were shocked. They barely covered it as well. And it's really disappointing. And here's the story. It's Katie Hobbs. It's Katie Hobbs' proposals and ideas that will have more crimes like this happening. It's not a joke when someone gets broken into. I know many people, um, we, we've been victims of crime. And we're going to see a lot more crime with Katie Hobbs' policies. Her policies to defund the police, to not support the police... She doesn't back our police. She actually denounces our police in order to get Planned Parenthood money. She voted against condemning rioters. The kind of policies Katie Hobbs is going to push on the people of Arizona is going to be so damaging. It's going to increase crime. And I hope that you guys will start covering some of her nonsense California-type socialist policies that will have us swimming in crime. I love this woman. Let's continue. 
continue with Carrie Lake. This is a presser she held out to members of a lot of them, the local press. Now, again, what had happened was uh, it was reported in the news that there was a break-in at the Democrats' head headquarters, one of her campaign headquarters, Katie Hobbs. Katie immediately blamed Carrie Lake. There was ever, they found the perpetrator. He had nothing to do with the campaign. That was covered extensively, trying to blame Carrie Lake for this break-in, and that's why she's castigating the press here. It's like you people are fake news. So let's go with the second cut and hear Carrie Lake again with members of the press. And with that, I will take questions. If you have a question about this incident, I'd be happy to take them. I'm going to start over here with the Gateway Pundit. As, as you know, this is another dishonest strategy from Katie Hobbs. It's actually a conspiracy theory, um, what they blame you of peddling. Um, so we recently found out that Katie Hobbs and her sister, her twin sister Becky, they tried to help you in the primary. Apparently they were donating to Republican Trump-endorsed candidates, and they were doing this because they know the media is so hard on you guys. Can Arizona trust Katie Hobbs or the fake news media? Well, we can't trust the fake news media, and we know that Hobbs isn't going to win because her policies are terrible. She's way down in the polls, and without these guys working on her campaign, um, she wouldn't have any good press out there. Uh, obviously, her sister, I heard, vote, voted for me, her twin she's sister, so she's right smarter than, than Hobbs. And Kate Without Hobbs. you people working for the and Democrat I on her campaign. I did hear some video that, I, I don't know who put it out, of her talking about this plan, and she sounds much more articulate than, than Katie Hobbs herself. Maybe she should have run. Because Katie Hobbs, sure enough, isn't, is a coward. She refuses to debate. She disrespects the people of this state by refusing to debate. She's willing to make up complete bogus stories. She knew that I had nothing to do with that break-in, and yet she perpetuated that lie. You guys all fell for it, and she knew you'd fall for it. Next question, uh, Joe Dana. Let's go with Joe Dana, 12 News, who's so tired he can't even pay attention. As we reported, Katie Hobbs's suggestion that you had something to do with it yesterday was unfounded. She had no evidence. Did you have evidence last night to suggest this was a Jesse Smollett case, that somehow she staged it? I think you know what I was saying last night. It was a, I was pointing out that the media loves to run with these bogus stories that hurt conservatives. And they do it. Now, let me answer. If you ask the question, let me answer. The media loves to run with bogus stories that hurt conservatives. And let me give you some examples. You love to smear Republicans. That's what you guys make your money off of. Thankfully, no one's watching you. Look what you did to Kyle Rittenhouse. You smeared him. Look what you did to Nick Sandman, a teenage boy. You smeared him with no evidence. Same type of Boom. stuff, Joe. Same type of stuff. You smeared. Did you have evidence to suggest? I had evidence. It was yeah. Staged. I had no. I didn't say it was staged. You said it I said it was a Jesse Smollett type story, a political story meant to hurt conservatives, and I did have evidence that was the case. You know why? The evidence I had was I had nothing to do with it, and I knew that. You did the same thing. Shame on you with Kyle Rittenhouse, Nick Sandman. You spread RussiaGate bullshit stories for three and a half years and divided this country. Thank God your ratings are in the toilet. That's exactly where they deserve to be. Start being journalists. Stop spreading the garbage that the Arizona Democrat Party and Katie Hobbs and the Democrats are spreading. And start doing your job. That is Carrie Lake. There's one more cut we'll get to after the break. Carrie Lake takes on the press. I tell you what, they portray Carrie Lake as some kind of wacko extremist. This woman is not a wacko extremist. 
this woman is, and she comes from the news business. She worked at News 10, this artist who is now against her. So she knows their tricks, and she calls them out. This woman is very likely going to be the next governor of Arizona. I tell you, election day could be a very, very good day in most respects. Our number one in the can, James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, with our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We have a whole lot to do here. Remember, Kevin Perez comes up. Princess Di comes up. Your calls come up. All that and a hell of a lot more news coming up, too. Don't go away. We'll be right back. It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. And here we are, WABC Talk Radio 77, our number duo underway of our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. If you would like to be on the program, 800-848-WABC, no matter where you are in America or worldwide, we stream across the world here on WABC. Get the WABC app. If you don't have it, keep it with you all day, all night. We're going to continue very briefly with the last cut with with uh, Carrie Lake. This was, if you're listening in the first hour, the press conference surrounded by reporters where she's discussing the lie that was told, the smear campaign against her, that she had something to do with the break-in in her opponent. This woman, Katie Hobbs, if you listen to her, yikes. I mean, she hasn't debated. She wouldn't debate her primary opponent. Even Don Lemon, even Don Lemon called her out on it in his new morning show. You know, Don is actually... Don Lemon called out Kathy Hochul. I think we'll play that afterwards. He called out Kathy Hochul on on this idea that she's trying to run that 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 only guns matter in discussing crime. But earlier in the week, Don Lemon and his crew also called out uh, Katie Hobbs. Anyway, let's hear the last cut with uh, from this one presser with Carrie Lake calling out the press in her brilliant press conference. Next question, anybody, sir? Where are you? Who are you? And what outlet are you with? Yeah, Romain Fonsoleva. I work for the French news agency AFP. So I wanted to go back about last night. So obviously this is a very tense campaign, and there was an interesting question from one of your own voters who said, well, I want to vote, I want to vote for you, but I'm really worried about how to cast my ballot. And so what I would like to know is if you win, um, are people going to be able to trust uh, that you won fairly after you cast so much doubt on the electoral process? If I win, are people going to be able to trust the results? I, you know, I, I'm worried about how the elections are run because my liar opponent, who's willing to lie about this, is already incompetent. The Arizona Supreme Court called her incompetent. We've already seen levels of incompetency in the previous 
uh, primary where we ran out of Republican ballots in Pinal County. She's already messed up this race. I, I, I don't think she knows what she's doing. She's had her office shut down for two years. Are you reporting that, guys? Secretary of State's office closed for business for two years except online because of COVID. Yeah, that's that's a fact. She's only showed up for work 19 days in six months. So I don't think her head's in the game to do the job and run the uh, the elections well. It's unfortunate. But we're going to turn it around, and we're going to make sure we get rid of loopholes for cheating. And we're going to make sure that every Democrat, Independent, and Republican in Arizona knows that we have fair elections. Got to do that. We won't have a country much longer. Thank you. Hi, who are you and who are you with? Joe Roth, Washington Examiner. I wonder how you would suggest that we as the media cover this story. Were we supposed to ignore it? Or we? there wasn't a lot of information. We were trying to report it out. I'm just curious how you... Yeah, you dig around and you wait. You realize you have enough experience, hopefully, to recognize what this is. Late in the game, 13 days out, desperate campaign because they're falling like a rock in the polls. Again, she got word that she's 11 points down. And you use some discernment and go, wait a minute, let's think of the motivation here. Pause before we run with this. Jeremy Dutta, who runs with it like it's crazy, like it's, oh, my gosh, we got to get this out. Stop and think for a minute. Think if it makes sense. Dig around a little bit. Talk to your sources. Don't just run with it. And don't put it around like, like NBC News did. Boy, they were so eager to put these stories out there that it's, I had something to do with it. Slow down. Get your facts straight. Press her. You know, you, she, did, she did get pressed today and she didn't want to talk about it. Isn't that funny? Yesterday she wants to spread this defamatory statement, and you guys ran with it. It's defamatory, guys. It's defamatory. It's accusing me of being a criminal. Do you get that? Do you understand what a defamatory statement is? You all spread defamatory statements yesterday in an effort to influence people? the election. So stop and think is what I'm asking you to do. Use some discernment. Use some critical thinking about what's happening. That's how you cover it. Next question. Harry, I got to push back. I've got a question right here. We did not quote Right here, ABC News. ABC News. How can you stand here and say that? I was wondering why, Abe, why you felt it's important to be here today as well, and that this is all coming, and if these reports of voter intimidation, if you had any take on that, if there's voter intimidation. here for a variety of reasons. He's going to be law and order, and we're going to restore some law and order in this state. Also, he's been the subject of defamatory reporting as well. And we're really tired of it. The people are, you you guys, the people are exhausted by the news you guys are spreading. They just want some honesty. And I know not everyone is a bad person here. I'm not accusing you of that. I know sometimes you take it back to the station. We used to say, it's not my sandbox. I just play in it, right? And you've got editors back there. Start pushing back. Start pushing back against these editors. That is classic. In the news business, and she calls them out. Like, you rarely hear Republicans call out. You know, it's it's so, in a way, Trumpian, calling these people out to their face. We have been waiting for this on the conservative side for decades, for somebody to finally start to their faces, calling them out, even sometimes by name, for their biased reporting. Now, I want to go to Don Lemon. That's cut too, Diego. Don Lemon, of course, you know, has moved on from the morning, from his primetime show, kicked out of that, and put in the morning sandwiched between two other co-hosts. But Don Lemon has a different tone and a different attitude. 
I'll tell you what, before we go to cut two, let's go to thir- cut 13. Let's listen to Katie Hobbs, who is the opponent, the Democrat opponent in that Senate race in Arizona, that critical race. Let's listen to Don Lemon kind of take her and crew, take her apart. Go ahead, hit it. Why not debate your opponent? If you believe your opponent is, you know, has issues in the spreading conspiracy theories uh, about a stolen election and so mm-hmm. on, and it's not being truthful with the, the people of Arizona, why then not get on the debate stage and, and debate her? You know, not only is Carrie Lake, has she centered her entire platform around this election denialism, um, I didn't want to give her a bigger stage to do that. But additionally, she has shown that she's not interested in having any kind of substantive conversation. Um, she's only interested in creating a spectacle. But and I didn't you, want to be only interested in creating a spectacle. Easier to knock it down in front of everyone, in front of the most people, because you're not stopping her from spreading yeah. whatever you believe that yeah. she is spreading by not debating her. She can go on television. She can talk about it. She can go in front of the the people of Arizona every single day and talk about it, but you're not confronting her on it. And it seems like it would be an easy fix if you stood up on a debate stage and and confronted her about these issues. Look, we're six days out from the election, and our campaign strategy is campaign strategy, so we're moving forward. I'm continuing to make my case to the voters of Arizona. Uh, whether or not uh, we debated in this race is not going to decide this election. So, um, you know, I just... We made the decision, didn't want to be a part of her spectacle, and she's not, uh, she, she won't answer these tough questions, um, to, to and real you thought that the Valley girls were only in California. It's not just her that you won't debate. You also did not debate your Democratic Oops. primary opponent, Marco Lopez. Oops. Why? And have you ever, I was, I was, have you I ever? I was miles ahead of him. I was miles ahead of him, so why debate him? I was miles ahead of him in the race and one handily. It's a totally different situation. Here. It's a totally well, different it's, situation. Well, not debating at your opponent again. Have you ever debated your opponent running for political yes, office? I yes, I have. Why do you think it wasn't important for people to see a debate in this election for governor at all? Uh, in the primary, uh, I was focused on the general on, election. I was miles ahead of my opponent. I won handily. Um, it wasn't an issue. Um, we're six days from the election, and uh, this is this is the decision we made. So, I um um you you got the Valley Girls were only in California, yeah? They're not. Uh, um um, it was a decision that we made, and that was the decision. It was we're six days out from the election, so I um. I'm just repeating everything that my handlers told me to repeat because I don't really have an answer for you. Um. I don't know. I don't know. Why are you asking me questions? I'm a Democrat. You're not supposed to be asking me questions. Yeah, that was Don Lemon and crew questioning their Democrat like this in a critical race. Now let's go to New York. Let's go to New York and hear what Don Lemon. This is Don Lemon with Kathy Hochul. Let's listen to that. Go ahead. Cut two. What we have done is taken 8,000 illegal guns off the streets. We made sure that no 18-year-old can get their hands on an AR-15. We've made sure that our red flag laws are right. tough and there's background checks, whereas Lee Zeldin has opposed right. every part of that, even voting against the first significant gun safety legislation in three decades in Washington. He didn't even show up to help support our police officers with funding for them in Washington. So, yeah. so they can say all they want, but there's... 
the facts are on the other side. We've done a lot to get guns up. In the state, violent crime is up. In the subway, again, with violent crime is up at 7.8 percent in the state. I mean, it is down point, you know, a point from 2020 and 2021, but it is up 7.8 percent. That is concerning, and especially if you look at the news and we see this, you know, randomly, what is happening in our subways and on our streets. People are really nervous about it. And I know you're saying they're being disingenuous about it, but that is a real, real factor, Governor. You can't deny it. Wait a minute. Don Lemon calls out Hochul. Wait a minute, Governor. You're saying all this stuff, but crime is up. And people are really concerned about it. We see what's happening in New York. We see the rape cases that happen with people that should be in jail that are not in jail. We see the murders that happen in New York. We see the random acts of violence every single day. And this woman, in fact, you know, this week, Ramsey Mazda and WABC held our one day of Back the Blue, where we talked with law enforcement community all around the country. I talked to the Los Angeles County Sheriff, out there who's in a tight race, Alexandrio Venezuela, I hope I got his name right, he's great sheriff, most of it. I mean, he's one of these guys also that didn't want ICE notified. But aside from that, the guy is a real reformer. And we talked to, to law enforcement, and we held the press conference. And at the press conference, cut three, Diego, there was a woman, and by the way, we got pictures. Matt Meany, our program director, sent me a picture of the press conference. And in this picture, Kathy Hochul is watching the WABC press conference. She's watching it. She's right there in the vicinity watching it. And there was a mom of one of the murder victims in New York a slain teenager who called out Kathy Hochul. And in this case, called her out to her face because Kathy Hochul was watching it. And this is what that sounded like. A good sign that was at a barbecue and got shot, got hit senselessly, and he died. And yes, he did say, call my mom, tell her I love her. Bail reform is not working. It's not working. Because as we can see, we have criminals coming out of jail, out of prison. I read somewhere in uh, Instagram that a judge is allowing two hardcore murderers, young members, out because of good behavior. Of course, they are not signing the bail reform. They're not. Maybe because it's not their children that is getting killed. But we need the governor to look into it. She's running, but she's avoiding that, and that is a big thing that should be on her agenda. Saving the lives of New York City. Not just kids, but everyone. That was a mom who lost her son, okay, and he and and Kathy Hochul talks all she wants to about 
no 18-year-old will be able to get an AR-15. Anybody that believes that, yeah, I got a bridge for sale for you, too. Because criminals will always get guns. They're criminals. They don't obey your laws. Criminals have a job. They have a livelihood. The job of criminals is to do crime, and that's what they do. And they're exceedingly good at it. They may not be very good at covering their tracks in some cases, but they're good at their jobs. They're criminals. And you let them out of jail so that they can do their crimes. And this woman had it absolutely right. And she also had it right to say maybe, maybe, maybe there'd be a little bit more concern if these were your kids getting killed. Well, what does she mean by that? I'll tell you what she means, Governor Hochul. In your neighborhood, with you surrounded by people that ensure your security, you don't have to worry about a random act of violence. You don't worry whether your kid is going to get killed by one of these criminals that you and your progressives release back on the street because you're insulated. You live in high and mighty communities with great security. You don't care what happens to the people of your state who don't live like you do. It's not your kids that are out being killed all the time. You don't have to worry about being thrown on the subway tracks because you don't go in the subway. You don't have to worry about some homeless guy raping you on the west side near the piers because you're not going to be jogging on the west side near the piers alone. So when this woman gets raped by this savage who should be in jail because he's committed other crimes, he's been arrested 28, 29 times, and he's still out of jail, why should you care? You can parade around talking about, we're making sure that we don't get 18-year-olds a gun. This woman has no business in the governor's mansion. And this mother called her out. And I'm glad to say it was at a WABC, a 77 WABC press conference, back to blue, that she was called out to her face. And yet she will not address these questions to the point that even CNN's Don Lemon is calling her out. Well, go figure on that one. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, back. Our Saturday morning radio extravaganza continues right after this. Entertaining and informative, James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on the air, 77 WABC. Grand Funk Railroad brings us back on WABC. WABC Talk Radio 77. Remember, tonight is Cousin Brucey. Music Radio WABC returns as it does each and every weekend here. Princess Die coming up. Also, we have a new feature today. Crooked Competitors with Kevin Perez. Story out of the New York Times. 
Written by Maya King, the last day of early voting in Georgia saw long lines and an unexpected endorsement and a big retirement. Georgia's last day of early voting, arguably arguably one of the busiest of the state's entire election season. Now, Now, stop right there. What did Joe Biden say? He said that if Republicans passed their, their law, their voting reforms, that it was Jim Crow, that black voters would be suppressed. This is the lie that Stacey Adams put out. This is the lie that Joe Biden, the President of the United States, Kamala Harris, Vice President, they all echoed it. And you had companies like Coca-Cola, despicable, despicable, Woka-Wola, Headquarters in Atlanta buy into this garbage. You had companies like Delta Airlines that 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 also bought into this garbage. You had Major League Baseball pull the All Star Game and hurt businesses and hurt the residents of Georgia, hurt them economically, punish them based on this lie put out by Stacey Abrams, put out by Joe Biden, put out by Kamala Harris, the descendant of slave owners, that somehow or another Republicans reforming their election process was racist, when in fact the voting laws that govern the state of Delaware are more quote-unquote restrictive than the new reforms that were issued in Georgia. And what do we now have? We have record levels of voting in Georgia. Black people are coming out in record numbers. Their votes aren't being suppressed. They talk about the big lie. This is the big lie. And the big liars, if you will, have been on parade with this big lie for decades now about alleged voter suppression. Well, yesterday there was an endorsement for the Republican governor, Brian Kemp, a Republican, from a powerful Democrat, Kwanzaa Hall. Yeah, Kwanzaa, like, you know, happy Kwanzaa. Kwanzaa Hall, well-known former congressman, So well-known, by the way, that he took, you know whose seat he was appointed to fill when John Lewis died. This is the guy that filled the seat until the elections were held. He endorsed Republican Brian Kemp. While we don't agree on every issue, it's abundantly clear that Brian Kemp is a man of character, a strong leader, and someone who Georgians can trust to put them and their interests first. Governor Kemp's door has always been open to those who have Georgia's best interest at heart, regardless of politics, and that's why I'm so proud to support him in his bid for re-election. He also, this Democrat who took, who had the seat of John Lewis, through his support behind Burt Jones, the Republican nominee for lieutenant governor. Democrats are are fuming. 
They say that this endorsement could, quote-unquote, interfere with their efforts to stoke enthusiasm among the party's base of black voters that Democrats need to turn out in mass. Yeah, they always need black voters. And then they do nothing but give them failing schools, crime-ridden neighborhoods, vaccines, promises of vaccine glory, and everything else in return. Even elected Democrats, elected Democrats are now sick of it. And I'm going to continue to say Major League Baseball owes an apology to the residents of Georgia for basically calling them a bunch of racists. Woka Wola should apologize for buying into it. Delta Airlines should apologize Major League Baseball not only should apologize, but should come up with some way to make good for the economic harm that they did to the residents of Georgia. I wouldn't expect Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, and these Democrats to apologize for their blatantly bigoted lies about the people of Georgia because they don't have the political courage and they don't have the conscience necessary to admit that they were wrong. They knew they were wrong when they were saying these horrible things about the people of Georgia. But you can never, for them, it's liberalism first. They will lie. They will do whatever it takes to win, including dumping on the people of an entire state. And why should that surprise us? They dump on half the country and call us their enemies, their political enemies, and we are so-called extremists. They lie. They have lied to you. They've lied about the people of Georgia. And now the result, you don't need me to tell you. All you have to do is look at what's happening in Georgia. Record voting. After Republicans passed passed voting reform that they said would make it easier to vote. Guess what? Apparently, it's easier to vote because more people are coming out than ever and voting. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdy, coming back right after this. Oh, knows politics and so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. Gloria Estefan brings us back here on WABC. I live for loving you.
That's right, baby. I live for loving you. It's time for inaugural report. Crooked competitors, our very own Kevin Perez. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snerdly, presents Crooked Competitors. From teammate to inmate. Uh, how'd you like being in jail? Athletes breaking the law. You know what, I was, lo- I was locked up. The biggest welfare fraud case in Mississippi state history continues to puzzle millions inside the state and out. The case involves NFL Hall of Fame quarterback Brett Favre as he is being accused of misusing state welfare funds that he received. Favre is involved in the Mississippi state welfare case that is to address the misuse of approximately $77 million. Favre was in the mud for using charity money to finance the University of Southern Mississippi as he reportedly gave $130,000 to the school's athletics from his Far for Hope charity, which is aimed to support underserved and disabled kids along with breast cancer patients. He's also received $1.1 million for appearances that he never made to a nonprofit oh. organization, which he did return in full. However, because he waited a bit too long to pay it oh. back, he now owes $228,000 in interest rates. People around this case have been dropping like flies in court, so when this case moves forward, updates will come. In our nation's capital, life gets annoyingly worse for the Washington Commanders franchise. The U.S. Attorney's Office in the Eastern District of Virginia has opened a criminal investigation saying that the commanders have engaged in financial improprieties. The House Committee on Oversight and Reform sent a letter to the Federal Trade Commission and several attorneys general detailing the matter. In that letter, the House Committee claims that the commanders have withheld ticket revenue from visiting franchises as well as refunds to fans for over a decade. A former worker testified in Congress and said that the team called the practice juice as they sent an underreported ticket revenue book to the NFL instead of the complete one. This team has been flustered with legal activity lately, especially with their owner, Dan Snyder. He has hired Capital One Securities to explore potential transactions with the team. There's no word yet on if it will be to sell the franchise as a whole or if it is to sell minority stakes. For more on this and other sports content, you can go to WABCSportsRadio.com and follow us on all social media platforms, sending you back to the extravaganza at hand with your inaugural Crooked Competitors Report. I'm Kevin Perez, 77 WABC Sports. Well, well, well. Brett Favre in a multi-million dollar scandal. The Washington Redskins. Oh, I'm sorry. The Washington Redskins. The the, the commanders. Excuse me. Been withholding refunds. They call it juice, eh? Remember the last NFL guy was called juice? 
Yeah, there was another one, Juice. I'm trying to, who was that? Who was the other NFL guy that was, any idea, Diego, who was that? Do you remember Juice NFL? That sounds familiar. I wasn't alive, but I do know, yeah, I do know who it was. Who, who was that? A man by the name of O.J. Simpson, I believe. Oh, right, the Juice. Yeah, there's that. Al Jarreau brings us back. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Your call is coming up. In fact, let's head to the telephones. Let's go to my friend Dom in Minnesota. Hello, Dom. Welcome. Yeah, hi, James. Uh, you know, Don Lamont deserves a Pulitzer for performing a random act of journalism. Ha! So, no, he does not deserve a Pulitzer Prize, but I agree with you, Dom. It is, and, and they're becoming not so random, two in a row. We got real journalism out of Don Lemon. It's possible. He might have a real future in the real fake news channel. And all I want to say is, <laughs> so, you know, all I want to say is, Carrie Lake, I heard you uh, put her on, and I think you're the one show that puts everything in so much detail that I learn a lot more from things about around me more than in history books. So Carrie Lake is Ronald Reagan, Donald Trump, and Ron DeSantis, and Wonder Woman rolled into one. In my opinion, she's future presidential material. She Carrie has a way Lake, towards... Let me tell you something. We, if, if Republicans carry this out in the future, I could see, what do you think about this? I'm just dreaming. But what do you, I dream, what about a full, um, female ticket on the Republican side? Look, we have, and I know some people don't like Nikki Haley. I happen to love Nikki Haley in spite of the fact that she's waffled on Trump, and I have to forgive her for that. I don't like that about Nikki. But I love Nikki Haley otherwise. I think Nikki Haley is an amazing politician. I think Christy Nome is an amazing politician. I think Carrie Lake is an amazing politician. And, of course, we have governors. This is what I'm so much energy on the Republican side. You look at people that we all would feel comfortable if they were elected president. You look at Carrie Lake. You look at Nikki. You look at, um, you, you, you look at the governors that we have, Ron DeSantis. You look at Doug Youngkin, what he's coming up with. Christy Nome. The bench on the Republican side is really strong. And now ask yourself who the Democrats have. Who do they have that you would trust? So Donald Trump, of course, despite what Trump hater Derek Hunter says, I would love to see Donald Trump get a second term. Despite what Trump hater Donald Derek Hunter says. <laughs> Just listen with him. But we've got a strong bench that's coming out in the Republican side. And that's not all. I mean, some of these candidates, we're going to be hearing more about them. You know, there's a close race going on in Washington State that we should pay attention to. The mom with tennis shoes, Patty Murray, might be uh, tossed out. Maybe. We potentially have a governor that could happen in Oregon. We have other people that are coming into perhaps victory in the Senate if things go well on election night. This could be a very, very crucial election, 
and it could also forecast a number of candidates who could lead the way in the future. So there's every reason to be optimistic on the Republican side of the aisle. And Democrats, meanwhile, who do they have? They're already out blaming each other, and the elections are not even over yet. Oh, here's a little story, by the way. Registered Democrat arrested on suspicion of tampering with voting machines. <gasps> Say what? A Colorado man, this guy's from Colorado, who's a registered Democratic voter, has been arrested on suspicion of tampering with voting equipment by allegedly inserting a USB thumb drive into a voting machine at a polling station. That happened during their primary elections back in June. No elections data was accessed, but the June 28th incident didn't cause any disruption to voting, but it did heighten concerns among elected officials, elected officials and security experts that conspiracy theories related to the 2020 presidential election could inspire some voters to meddle with or even attempt to sabotage election equipment. Now, that <laughs> this is almost absurd. They don't even know this guy's quote-unquote motive, and yet you have the reporter here. And this isn't a paper that I like. This is in the Washington Times. It heightens concerns among election officials and security experts that conspiracy theories related to the last presidential election could inspire people to mess with election equipment. How about maybe this had nothing to do with the 2020 elections? In other words, this is a, a, a backhand way to blame Trump. How about this Democrat was just doing what Democrats do? Why isn't that a consideration? Really? It's the conspiracy theories that caused him to go in, registered Democrat? There was also an arrest made. I did this story. On military ballots, I forgot the details of that one. That case, another Democrat fired. And maybe they're going to blame that. Maybe they're going to blame that on the right to. More of your calls coming up. Stay with us. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdy. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza back right after this. Welcome to the golden age of radio. James Golden, a.k.a. Bose Nerdly, is on 77 WABC. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. BT Express. Not to be confused with the BQE.
Let's head to Woodbridge, New Jersey, and Tom, welcome. You're on WABC with James Golden, a.k.a. Uh, Sturdy. Yeah. How are you, Tom? Uh, fairly well. Uh, with regard to uh, the upcoming elections, you know, I, I really don't want people to get uh, you know their hopes up too high. Insofar as that, you know, again, most of the fundamental policies that Washington engages in right now remain unchanged whether Democrats or Republicans hold the Congress or the White House. Now, I'll give you a perfect example. Now, Democrats, Republicans, they cycle in and out of uh, the chambers of, uh, of the Congress. But for some reason, the border with Mexico remains open. Every single year, you're having more and more people coming from the third world into the United States, costing taxpayers an arm and a leg. And Republicans, what's one of their answers is that we need to ingratiate ourselves to the Hispanic vote. Are you kidding Hispanics are not conservatives. Get it through your thick skull. Now, I'll just give you a, a perfect example. The Census Bureau, in addition to doing a head count of how many people are in the country, they actually take a very copious amount of information about financial data. And there's something called a Survey of Income and Program Participation, or FIPP. And according to the latest FIPP, 75% of Hispanic households with children in the United States use some type of welfare, immigrant or not. They are not conservatives, and they're not going to vote for you. Pay attention to the people who actually do vote for you, white tax-paying citizens. Now, with that said, the Republican Party is not going to be your savior unless you put pressure on them. Now, one way to do that is to actually have a core group of voters that actually steer the party in a more conservative direction, irrespective of who the candidate is. It's the same thing that people like AOC does. She might be a Democrat candidate, but she belongs to something called the Democratic Socialist of America. Okay, so that's the sort of like ideological cadre that pushes the party in her direction. There's another party on the right called the American Freedom Party. That's AM. Free Party, amfreeparty.org. It's a conservative party that does the same thing. I encourage people to vote for them. Um, uh, oh, them, crap. Really? Tom, American seriously. Freedom Party. Seriously, dude. Seriously? All right, let's start with your first premise. Hispanics aren't conservative. <sighs> Tom, I got bad news for you. Whether you like it or not, the demographics of America are changing. Now, you can keep your head in the sand all you want to. You and your other Republicans that think white people are the only ones that are going to save America, and you're wrong because you're not, and you haven't done a good job so far. Okay, white people alone are not going to save America. So with this mighty, mighty whitey business that only white Republicans are going to be the ones don't pay attention to the Hispanic vote, you couldn't be more wrong. Okay, what we're talking about is a numbers game. We don't need 80% or 90% of the black vote in the Republican Party. We need 15 to 20. We don't need 90% of the Hispanic vote. And by the way, Hispanic is not a race. There are white Hispanics. There are black Hispanics. There are Hispanics of all kind of hues. Okay, so it doesn't matter white versus Hispanic. That's not a real paradigm. Okay? But if you don't start attracting people other than white people to the Republican Party, your party has no future. And put your head in the sand all you want to and keep it there. 
But the Republican message shouldn't even be about race. It shouldn't be about whether you're Hispanic, whether you're white, whether you're black. It should be about freedom and liberty and prosperity and about the American dream and who offers Americans the greatest shot at the American dream. And that's what Republicans need to run on. Not race, but you need to appeal to everybody and not be afraid of talking with Hispanic people about whether whether you think they're conservative or not, we still make the same appeal. What's good for the nation? And conservative policies are good for America. Whether you're a liberal, whether you're a conservative, whether you're white, whether you're black, whatever, whatever. This old racial paradigm has to go. And if it doesn't go, the Republicans go in the way of the dodo bird. We live in a changing environment. You talk about the border and no one's been able to stop the border. How? Uh, hello, Donald Trump. Donald Trump showed us that if, and this was with every political knife in his back that the establishment Republicans put there, and along with the Democrats, he showed us that if you do have a president that cares and exercises leadership, we could get something done to stop this open border situation that Democrats, you're right about this, and Republicans have allowed to happen over the last 30, 40, 50 years. But in terms of all this other business with these little fringe kook parties that come up, and I'm not saying they're not great conservatives, but they're not going to win. You don't have the numbers, you don't have the money to get the numbers, and you won't. Let's come out of the political fantasy land and get into reality. Right now, we have a two-party America with independents that either lean toward one or the other. Do I like it? Not necessarily. But that's the way it is. That's the political reality. The reality is not for some FAQ.CRG.org party that no one ever heard of. It's not going to do anything. And you're not going to grow it enough to do anything because you don't have the capital to overcome the two parties. Come out of, of this false, this false political reality and get your head in the game. I don't mean to yell. But this stuff just triggers me, and I'm sorry, Tom, I don't mean to, to sound harsh with you. I love calling you. You're an intelligent guy. You're obviously very intelligent. And about the borders, as I say, you are right when it comes to both parties doing nothing. And you can look at other things that both parties have not done anything with. There's a story today about the national debt and how out of control it is. Both parties are responsible for that. When you look at the failures of health care in this country. Why is it that after Obamacare, people are still paying more than ever for health care and getting less and less service and still have insurance companies in charge of your life? Why is that? When you look at what's happening with cyber currency and the new currency, the United States is lagging far behind, and we better get on the ball. Both parties have their heads in the sand. I'm not saying that we have a perfect situation with two parties. No, 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 don't get me wrong. And there are a lot of room for independent voices. But let's not delve into political fantasy and think some little third online political party on some .org site is going to be the new savior for America. It ain't going to happen. 
at least not in this lifetime. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurdly. Let's go to Joe in Queens. Hey, James. Good morning. Happy Saturday. Thank you. Thank you so much. Common sense, baby. And you know it. SOS. Save our state. Save our country. Get the vote out. And you know what you got to do, people. It's common sense. It's what's going on. Don't have any blinders. And do the right thing for your families, for your neighbors, and for the good citizens that have had enough of what's been going on. You know, you got tackling Kamala with crooked Hillary running around with Hochul. And that should be enough just for you to say, come on, that poor woman that was raped, the thievery, the crooks, the, the, the people that were let out of jail. And they're defending them. What about us? James, I'm fully supporting anyone to do the right thing. And out here in Queens, Councilmember Bob Holden, who is a Democrat, had Lee Zeldin, and he's stomping with Lee Zeldin because he's had enough. People come together. The people that know what needs to be done, get out and vote. I did my voting the other day, and I hope we're going to have this red wave because this destruction that's been going on is unbelievable. Unbelievable, James. It is unbelievable. Many people don't even recognize the America that they see before them today. We don't recognize an America where our children are being sexualized and some of the biggest corporate names that used to be the most trusted names when it comes to children and media are actually supporting the sexualization of children. Many people don't recognize a country where instead of education, what we're getting is political indoctrination and kids are still coming out of school after all the billions and billions of dollars spent on education, uneducated, but able to just to just echo political slogans from the left. People don't recognize a country where women get raped in the streets in broad daylight in Philadelphia, a little girl two blocks away from City Hall, while you have a DA that stands up the same day that this girl is raped and says that being tough on crime is somehow racist. Many people don't recognize an America anymore where they have to wonder if they're going into an election booth whether their vote really counts. And that's not a conspiracy theory. These are concerns that people have. Many people don't recognize in America where they have to wonder whether the doctors that are telling them to go get a vaccine are getting money and getting paid to tell people because they're profiting from these vaccines, and yet no one's telling them about the side effects from these vaccines. And if you talk about it, then you're thrown off social media or you're called a vaccine denier. Many people don't recognize this country anymore. And if you want to recognize the America that you knew, you had better, better not believe what this other guy just said, that the parties don't make a difference. They do. Now, are the parties perfect? No, they're not. And we have a lot that we can be critical of on the Republican side of our own party bunch of timid backstabbers. But at the same time, look at what the progressives have done to America and look at what they're doing to America. They must be defeated. No ifs, 
hands, or butts. And then we can deal with our guys. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, coming back with you. Our number trio. Princess Di joins us in the next hour. Your calls also in the next hour. We're coming back. WABC Talk Radio 77. It's our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Stay tuned for hour number three. On 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio. Welcome to our number trio. This is the third hour of our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Uh, Max Boot in the Amazon Prime Washington Post has an opinion piece about Kyrie Irving's apology. He says it doesn't cut it. He needs to go. He needs to be fired because... Kyrie Irving is apparently a uh, conspiracy whack job. As a long-suffering basketball fan in the Big Apple, I was excited in June 19, 2019, by the Brooklyn Nets assigning uh, a signing of Kevin Durant and, and Kyrie Irving, two of the best players on the planet. Blah 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 blah. And then comes the criticism. Kyrie Irving refused to get vaccinated for COVID-19. Oh boy, that's a problem for the left. And missed more of the and missed more than half of the uh 21-22 season because New York regulations prohibited him from playing home games. Well, let's talk about that for a second, Mr. Max Boot. You and your people on the left insist these vaccines are safe. You're a journalist. How come you don't report on the number of players, basketball, football, soccer, lacrosse, athletes around the world in their prime youth who have dropped dead suddenly? And and we don't know why, but we do know one thing that they haven't, and I'm not saying there's causation, I don't know. All we know is that death rates are suddenly up. And no one will address why. Why? And I think that should be investigated. Maybe you don't. And then Mr. Max Boot goes on to say that this guy, Kyrie Irving, who I've never seen play, don't want to, don't care, don't care about the Brooklyn Nets, don't care about the New York Knicks, frankly, don't care. And I used to watch them religiously when I was a kid. Don't care about the New York Giants. Embracing flat earthism might seem like a harmless eccentricity, he says. And apparently that's what uh, 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 Mr. Irving says, that the earth is flat. Well, (laughs) all sounds kind of nuts. But, okay, his rejection of science became a lot less amusing when he refused to get vaccinated. He imperiled his health, his team's health, and his club's chances of winning. No, he did not. He refused to get vaccinated. And there's no proof anywhere, Max Boot, that has that that is going to hurt anybody else. Show us all the science, not just the selected science. And I'm vaccinated. I am not an anti-vaxxer. I got vaccinated. 
But I can't stand these continued lies that come out of the left about this. He claimed to be standing for freedom. The freedom to infect others with a deadly disease? That's not a scientific statement. Because he didn't get vaccinated doesn't mean he's going to give anybody a disease. How about the number of people that were vaccinated, like Joe Biden, vaccinated four times and still ended up getting COVID? And there's not one scientific study that says if you're vaccinated and you catch COVID that you can't spread it. So, Max Boots, how about, how about a little honesty? And stop with this vaccine brown-nosing. Okay, now, then he says, the freedom to infect others with a deadly disease. Rolling Stone, well, there's a trusted source, reported that he had started following and liking Instagram posts from a conspiracy theorist who claims that secret societies are implanting vaccines in a plot to connect black people to a master computer for a plan of Satan. Okie dokie, I must admit that sounds a little bit wackanoid. But we should throw him off and stop his livelihood because he's a whack job? Unfortunately, Irving remains a devotee of wacky conspiracy theories. In September, he tweeted a video by Alex Jones, the notoriously dishonest radio host who's been ordered to pay a judgment of nearly a billion dollars to the families of the Sandy Hook victims after claiming that the mass shooting was a hoax. Then on October 27th, he posted a link on Twitter where he has 4.6 million followers. That's remarkable. And Instagram, 17.6 million followers. About this movie, Hebrews to Negroes, Wake Up Black America, a movie full of outrageous anti-Semitic falsehoods. The Anti-Defamation League notes that, well, the Anti-Defamation League, they're not what they used to be either. Anyway, the ADL notes that it includes claims of global Jewish conspiracy to oppress and defraud black people. You know what I saw? I saw Charlemagne the God, a video from him a few years ago. Sounding a a little bit like Kanye. He says, this is weapons-grade insanity that will endanger Jews at a time when uh, anti-Semitism is already on the rise. It is all the more offensive coming from a star player for the NBA team. Let me ask you a question. And I I have to be careful in the way that I word this because I'm I'm, I'm trying to get to a point here. And I don't want anybody to take the point the wrong way. You remember when the NBA was just full of this kneeling down like every other sports league was, and you heard all this anti-American, anti-law enforcement rhetoric coming out of athletes? Did you see the same articles demanding from these same people, like Max Boot, demanding that these people be thrown off the NBA teams, that they be thrown out of National Football League, 
So as long as you are protesting America, as long as you're pretty much inciting people to hate police officers, to hate law enforcement, then you can be as whack as you want to. Nobody's going to call for you to get out. Now, I do not support if this is, I have not seen this movie. I don't know what it's about. It's not something that I would ever watch. And if, in fact, it is as anti-Semitic as they say it is, despicable. And let's, and let's make no apologies or no defense for anything that's this vile. If it is what it is said to be, it's vile. I just find it odd that all of a sudden you want to throw him out, Mr. Boot, when you and the rest of the liberals, we, we conservatives were the enemies. When Donald Trump went on and said that what's his face, uh, who was he, uh, was it LeBron? Who was it that Donald Trump was uh, talking about NB? Oh, no, 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 Colin Kaepernick. When he went after him for being anti-American, all you guys in the liberal press Condemn Donald Trump. Oh, how dare he? How dare he? So as long as they're taking a knee against America and, 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 and disrespecting the national anthem, disrespecting America, as long as the rhetoric is hate against America, it's okay. Why? Because I guess everybody in the left, you know, to one degree or another, can sympathize with that. And what you guys don't understand, I guess, on the left, is that those kind of statements and this hatred that was expressed for law enforcement, this hatred that was expressed for America, our nation, is just as offensive as this hatred that apparently is being expressed toward Jewish people who are Americans in America. So why don't you guys be consistent? If these players should be thrown out and, and denied of, a li- of their livelihood for trafficking and anti-Semitism, what about when they traffic in anti-Americanism? Why is that not offensive to you? That's my question. I don't know this, this, this guy. I've never seen him play. I will never see him play because, frankly, I could give a damn about the NBA. The NBA lost me after they started with the thuggish behavior, after the reports of the guns in the locker room, after I listened to one game introduction and all this gangster rap was playing. I'm like, what has happened to this sports league? That That was decades. I just turned it off. The same way I turned off the NFL after the NFL started with their anti American crap. And what's really behind it is you have a lot of undereducated, dare I say it, black athletes who are stars, who have these views about America, and they have these views about things that are totally just as ignorant and uneducated as they are, but they're a bunch of millionaires, and nobody will stand firm and say, hey, guys, you should be respecting the country that you're in that's giving you this opportunity. But y'all don't have the guts to tell these black athletes that. No, no, no. But let them go anti-Semitic, and all of a sudden, you guys find your courage. Being anti-American is just as offensive. And that's the point I'm trying to make here. And it's a shame that you guys on the left 
don't see it. No, it's for this guy, this 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 basketball player, whatever. I don't care if he plays, if he doesn't play. You guys think that that's not befitting the team? It's your team, whatever. Kick him off. But don't sit here and tell us that we're all supposed to be outraged just because of this, but we're not supposed to be outraged when these same players just spew anti-law enforcement rhetoric and spew anti-Americanism. You tolerate their ignorance on one playing field, but you won't tolerate their ignorance on another, eh? This is a lot about you. As Democrats see how slipping away Senate battle intensifies. Yes, my friends. That one's also from the Amazon Prime Washington Post. They're worried. They're worried about Nevada. I find it strange, and I hope that I'm wrong. I would think that after what the Michigan governor did to the people of Michigan, that she wouldn't even be a strong candidate, but apparently I don't know what's wrong with Michigan. Apparently there's Gretchen Whitmer still in the running, and I don't know what that looks like running against Taylor uh, 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 Dixon. But elsewhere in the battle for the Senate, things are looking pretty good. Dr. Oz has a slight lead in some polling. Herschel Walker's competitive in Georgia. Hassan is in trouble with Don Bolduc in New Hampshire. That race is tightening. And the Democrats are worried. In Wisconsin, they all thought they were going to be able to knock off Ron Johnson. We had Senator Johnson on the show yesterday on both Nerdly's Rush Hour. Senator Johnson's in the lead, but we can't take anything for granted there either. And there's another story today in The Hill. Republican J.D. Vance is expanding his lead over representative. This is an open seat, not a flip seat. And Tim Ryan in Ohio. All of this has Democrats nervous. And we'll talk about the nervous Democrats with the princess of policy, Diana Mee, when we return. Don't go away. It's time for Radio Royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, our princess, our beloved princess. I wonder if they're going to do a documentary series about her called The Crown. I'd love to see that. The Crown. The real Princess Di. Anyway, Princess Di, how are you? Welcome it's our Saturday morning chat time. How are you, Yannis? I am happy to speak with you, Sir James, as always. And that yes. introduction always makes me laugh. The Crown featuring <laughs> Princess Diana. Yes. Uh, you know, I love this 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 talk about the uh, ineffectualness of the uh, mainstream press. You sent an article to me that was published in Hot Air called The Media is Becoming Powerless. And that's music to my ears because they're not talking about our media. They're talking about the left's media, ABC, CBS, NBC, PMS, NBC, CNBC, all of that stuff, the comedy channels, the news outlets, the Hollywood industry, 
all this stuff that Republicans are evil, evil, evil people, and it's not apparently working. <laughs> yes, I love this piece. It's by David Strom. Shout out to him in hot air. The media is becoming powerless. And he basically goes through what has happened and imagining he's saying the Democrats have to be asking themselves, how did we lose control of the narrative? And he quotes a poll, a recent poll uh, taken at the end of October, where 86 percent of those polled in America say the news media is a significant or major cause of the division in the United States. The media is despised, is hated, and no one is paying attention to them anymore, including people who criticize Carrie Lake, 100% negative coverage she has gotten by the media, and she's going to win anyway. And as the criticism for our Republican heroes like Ron DeSantis, they're going to win anyway. And so the Democrats are basically looking at a situation where they control all the levers of information, including social media, and yet they're going to lose and probably one of the a once in a generation, to quote the left on everything, a once in a generation defeat for the Democrat Party is coming Tuesday, in my opinion. And I wanted to uh, give the shout out to David Strom, who mentions that Trump paved the way. Others are taking the road to the promised land. It is Ron DeSantis and Carrie Lake who benefited. DeSantis and Lake have media armor. Every barb, every arrow, every thwack with a sword aimed at their heart by the media bounces off. All that is true, and I wanted to add to his analysis, and I want to credit Rush Limbaugh for what we are seeing. Now, this is the first election without Rush, and as you know, he was always saying, I'm not going away until every American agrees with me. And I think what we're seeing in this election, that he is indeed continues to be the majority maker. This is his legacy. I think we need to name him the honorary member of the class of 2022 because it's his guidance that started this. Don't accept the president. Pres- the premise of the media, go on offense, all of the things that Carrie Lake and Ron DeSantis have put into action and other Republican fighters have put into action. This is the influence of the greatest of all time, Rush Limbaugh. And I just wanted to add that and credit him because I think this election is also due to his marvelous work over many decades. Now, you know something, Ron DeSantis, when he was on the air with Rush, said, told Rush, I am a graduate. Well, I'm a, a student of the Limbaugh Institute. And you've had so many other elected officials, elected officials on the Republican side who are now running in this campaign who listened to Rush and proudly say that. And not yes. just them. I just want to say, too, you know, a lot of people uh, ask me, all the time in talk radio, who's going to take over for Rush? There's never going to be anybody that takes over for Rush, but what you have is an entire industry that's taking over for Rush. Yeah. Almost, if you are on talk radio, this medium has become so powerful in American politics because of one man, Rush yes. Limbaugh. 
and all that's the legacy. media, not just radio as well, because that didn't exist when he started. And that is basically let a thousand flowers bloom and all of that planted by the seeds of Rush Limbaugh and the analysis of an analytical ability by voters who were taught how to understand what they were seeing. They knew what they believed, but Rush the details of the daily news and explain so that people really got an overview of what was happening instead of these little, you know, bits that they felt in their heart. Well, that's not right. And I don't like that. But he gave the big picture so that people were able to see that they were being lied to and why and what was happening in Washington, D.C. and why. And so now all of that has come to fruition where more and more people are seeing exactly that in those terms. And so that's why I wanted to credit Rush for this coming election. He was called the majority maker of the 94 election, if you remember, and I think he remains the majority maker for this election. You know, let me just say this. Um, I, I'm, I, right now I have my Twitter feed open, and I'm just looking. And I'm just going to read you just randomly some of the things that are popping up in my Twitter feed. I started listening to Rush after 9-11. He treated his callers with respect no matter how silly their claims. He wanted us all to be successful. I think yes. people didn't understand his quirky humor, and, and the person thanks us. In other words, let me see what else. I'm just scrolling down. And there's more about Rush, about low-information voters, which was, of course, a Rush phrase, et cetera, et cetera. You're absolutely right. And I think Plus that Rush the inspiration. Here's another his, yep. his inspiring ability to, to make us re- stay positive. We all wanted to have that kind of, you know, person who was saying America is great because you didn't get that anywhere else. Nobody in the media or even in politics, even on our side, would celebrate the greatness of our nation like Rush Limbaugh. And that gives you a backbone when you know it's true. He gives the evidence. And I think that that remains in in people's hearts to this day. Agreed. You sent me another piece that I love this piece. Democrats like Eric Adams <laughs> are bracing. New York Democrats are bracing for stunning election day losses. They already have a fall guy. This is this is CNN politics. CNN. CNN, where Don Lemon has actually been, as the, as the caller Don from Minnesota said, committing random acts of journalism lately. Even though he's really, you know, only getting like 300,000 viewers, but, you know, that remains. I mean, but still, when did he ever get more than that? I mean, but. Yeah, well, that's true. But, but I mean, but Don Lemon has been actually asking Democrats hard questions. I mean, how did this happen? And so now you have CNN coming up with this. Well, tell us about this story, Diana. New York Democrats bracing for stunning, stunning election day losses. (laughs) And they already picked out the fall guy. Who's the Democrat fall guy? It is New York City Mayor Eric Adams. They are blaming him because he has been pointing out the problem of crime. And that cannot stand in the Democrat world. He committed the sin of connecting the rise in crime 
to the 2019 state law change that uh, prohibited judges from setting cash bail. And so he was calling on the governor to call a special session of the legislature and, and roll back this terrible legislation that got rid of bail. And that is what the Democrats are pointing to as the reason people are not going to vote for them. It's because of Eric Adams. <laughs> and so, you know, I don't think this is going to fly, but it's so amazing how they throw people under the bus. He was celebrated when he won. He was brought to the White House. You know, CNN has a funny detail in this that apparently he was riding in the limo with Joe Biden, who gave him half of his peanut butter and jelly sandwich in the limo. <laughs> <laughs> so they were buddy buddy until all of a sudden now New York, you know, looks like the Democrats are actually facing uh, big losses. Now, who do they blame? They can't blame the Democrat Party. No, they have to blame this guy because he put the spotlight on the problem of crime. Well, he hasn't done anything about it in New York except run his mouth. He hasn't done any real actions to really stop it. And by the way, Joe Biden may have given him half of his peanut butter jelly sandwich, but he didn't give him any ice cream cone. So there. There Well, let me quote you from this piece. Mondaire Jones is a a congressman from Manhattan. He says Democrats like Eric Adams have validated a hysteria over crime that is uninformed and that has been debunked. Did you know the problem of crime was debunked? Well, according to the Democrat Party, it's been debunked. It's really the problem of gun control. That's what they want the national conversation and the New York conversation to be. And because Republicans are not focused on gun control, they're actually focused on Democrat policies. They need to be repudiated. They're making it up. They're just scaring people. They, they, the article calls Fox News the industrial fear machine, causing people to be crime. But this is what this is. Here's the here's the political. Here's the. Wait a minute. I got to get this in. This political problem for them is that they need New York City to overcome the votes in the rest of the state. And I was born in New York. I know this is how it works. They gin up the Democrat vote in New York City, and then the rest of the state basically is overwhelmed, even though the rest of the state typically votes Republican. New York City votes Democrat. Well, yes, but there are big states. But the one that tips the balance, in New the York final City. outcome is New York City. And New York City is uh, not going to turn out. They're worried about suburbia going Republican because they fear crime, even though it's been debunked, and that New York City is not going to come out for the Democrats. And that's a double whammy. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen. So they can try to blame Eric Adams all they want, but everybody knows it's Democrat policies. Well, Diana, I'm going to make a request, and that is that you join us next week on Wednesday, the day after elections, so that we can go through some of these uh, races and talk about the impact on some of these races, and we can all blame Eric Adams together and the Republican fear machine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm looking forward to it, and I just want to say that, you know, we really want to be passionate as far as our you know, going out there and voting as we believe. But the bottom line is we always have to remember 
four words, in God we trust. In God we trust. Princess Di, thank you, my darling, and we will see you on Wednesday, the day after elections. And uh, if if it is necessary or in order, we will also gloat. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I plan on it. Thank you, Sir James. (laughs) (laughs) Diana Me, Princess Di, WABC, coming back. Your telephone calls are coming up, 800-848-WABC. 800-848-9222. Coming right back. Entertaining and informative. James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, is on the air. 77 WABC. Uh, bring the funk, Q. Big yeah, bring it. Some same for nine pounds. Yeah, get down. Get down. about it, huh? Yeah. Check this original. out. Original. Right. Keep it going and you don't stop. Love it. Love the way we do the hip hop. Oh, yeah. Like this. Check it. Check it. Hey, yo, rock you. I got you. Yeah, now who at? Where you at? I knew that. Did you join the new point for funk fellas? Sell the drugs. I'm a being rap fanatical. Sacrobaticals. Individuals. Two criminals. Overweight, lovable, huggable, snuggable. Deep. That's me. H to the E to the E to the V to the Y. Brandy and Heavy D. Teaming up with Quincy Jones. WABC Talk Radio 77. Cousin Brucie, tonight, music radio. And remember, we've got Dina Martin coming up this weekend. Joe Piscopo. With his show, sponsored by Ramsey Mazda Sinatra. Music Radio WABC alive and well on the weekends here. WABC, you heard the music here, the top 40 music here, and now you hear the best of talk here, but you also hear the best of music as well on the weekends, every single weekend. Let's head back to the telephones. Gail 
in Staten Island. Thank you for waiting. How are you, Gail? Good morning. I love that rendition. Listen, how does Oprah come out and throw a Hail Mary for Fetterman in Philly and his beliefs? She used to have a TV show that was entertaining, and she helped people. Now these radicals running want to experiment on children like Dr. Mangle did. She should stick to interviews with the princess of Harried Harry. It's, it's mind-boggling. <laughs> well, Oprah is a Democrat, and Oprah means Democrats for her. She was down there with Stacey Adams. You know, she's doing her last-minute bid to try to do what Oprah does. And the Oprah just doesn't seem to have a lot of power, though, when it comes to swaying people in the election. She, her track record, Diana Mee pointed this out yesterday, her track record's not that great. I say her track record of endorsements is great because, after all, she did enjoy, endorse Harvey Weinstein. There's so many pictures of the Internet floating around with her, planting her face on Harry, on uh, on Harvey Weinstein, giving him a big kiss. So at least, you know, judge of character, that's Miss Oprah. And thank you for the call, Gail. Love hearing from you. John in Rutherford. How are you, John? How you doing, Bo? Um, yeah, I got a question. The uh, the NBA is is uh, full of millionaires, and you you have this poor girl, Brittany Griner, and is stuck in Russia. How come nobody's talking about that? How come none of them are fighting to sit there and get her out? After all, she is an American. I mean, she did say some anti-American stuff, but still, I mean, you don't hear anybody. I mean, LeBron James for like five seconds. Other than that, nobody's done anything. Yeah, isn't that amazing? I mean, you know, she's not their problem. Number one, she's a girl, a real one, and, you know, so she's not a cause. She's she's a real girl. She's a real woman. She's not, and, and so what is there to make her, I guess, this cause celeb? She got busted. She admitted that she did have the little bit of marijuana that she had. And you have a whole lot of uh, Democrats that don't really want to take on. There are two countries in the world that Democrats don't seem to ever want to take on. Well, three. They don't want to take on Russia and Putin. They don't want to take on China. And they're scared to death of China. And they also don't want to take on Mexico and tell the Mexicans you need to close that border. So the Democrats are very selective about who they will go after. Now, they'll criticize Israel up and down. Oh, you see, by the way, Netanyahu, Bibi Netanyahu's uh, uh, going to return to power, it looks like, in Israel. Now, the Democrats will, will attack Israel all day and all night long. But you ask them to come out and, and raise up against Russia? Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. They don't want any parts of that one. Thank you. Great call. Thank you, John, for pointing that out. Alicia in northern New Jersey, you're on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. How are you, Alicia? Good. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to let your viewers know there is a video uh, was sponsored by the Milken Institute on C-SPAN.org. It was done on October 29th of 2019, and Dr. Fauci talks about the technology of the mRNA vaccine being 10 years out, meaning your ability to not spread it when you get the vaccine or not getting the virus when you get the vaccine, that that technology is 10 years out. What the American people are right now are the clinical study. It's it's amazing. There's so much information out there. 
um, red flags that came up about the vaccine itself. Um, I'm not a vaccine denier, but there's some, this technology is very different from your uh, vector-based traditional vaccines like the polio. But that uh, video that's uh, done on C-SPAN is very informative. Um, It talks about they want a disruptor on uh, how to change people's perception of the technology of vaccines. I would urge everybody just to watch it. It's an hour long, and it's quite interesting. Well, thank you for that information. I'm looking and searching, and I cannot just grab it. I've got so many news articles in front of me, but there is a story in the exclusive, looking for it, grabbing another stack of papers. Uh, There's a story today in the Los Angeles Times, and, I mean, this story is just pretty vile. It is basically castigating. This is the story. It was, I found it. Okay, let me just give me a second and let me pull all the pages for it, and here we go. Okay, here's the story in today's L.A. Times, written by somebody named Melissa Healy, who was a staff writer. It starts out with a false premise. Are the unvaccinated still a danger to the rest of us? The unvaccinated were never a danger to the rest of you. For almost two years, COVID-19 vaccine holdouts have been the objects of earnest pleading and financial inducement of social media shaming and truth campaigns. They've missed weddings, birthday celebrations and recitals and even forfeited high state athletic competitions until last month. They were barred from entering the United States and more than 100 other countries. Now, the unvaccinated, those terribly stupid individuals, not as smart as me, because I write for the Los Angeles Times. Now, the unvaccinated are suddenly back in the mix. They're dining in restaurants. Oh, how dare them. They're rocking out at music festivals. They're filling the stands at sporting venues. They mingle freely. Imagine that. The unvaccinated are mingling freely in society. They mingle freely in places they used to be shunned for fear they'd they'd see super spreader events. This is so obnoxious. This twit. As if they're no longer hazardous to the rest of us. Or are they? Clearly, the unvaccinated are a threat to themselves, says Dr. Jeffrey Shaman, an infectious disease specialist at Columbia University. As recently as August, their risk of dying of COVID-19 was six times higher than for people who were fully vaccinated and eight times higher than for people who were vaccinated and boosted. And it goes on and on and on from there. Now, one word about the people that are vaccinated and what their death rate is. Not one acknowledgement even that maybe some of these vaccinated people knew what they were talking about when they came to their own health. Not one word about the freedom to choose. This is all, again, just push, 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 push. 
push people into a vaccine. And I want to know why. Why? Why don't you really discuss the science, all of the science, not just this aspect that from your view, the unvaccinated are a threat to humanity. There's a lot more to this COVID story, folks, that the media will never cover. Cover, And yet you get this, this little twit staff writer from the Los Angeles Times wagging her finger as if she's somehow or another the trusted expert on whether people should or should not and whether her publication is trusted. Nobody has done the investigation following the money in all of this. Where is the complete money trail? How do, how does this how do these billions of dollars that this vaccine costs who's getting the money? And where is the money being spread? Let alone the science. And what are the side effects? And who what demographics are being hit? And why aren't they sharing that information? You know, it's still a danger to all of us. The mainstream press, they're the biggest danger to this country. Well, they are the Democrats, but they are the biggest danger to this country. With their biased reporting on almost everything that matters. James Golden, a.k.a. Snurley, back with you after this. Oh, knows politics. And so much more. A true connection to real New York on 77 WABC. Talk Radio 77 WABC. James Goldman. This seems to be like one of our favorite bumpers. Everybody plays this. Let's head back to the telephones in Bill, Sparta, New Jersey. How are you, Bill? Hello, Bo. Uh, quickly, you know, Larry Elders was on last night, and he was speaking about um, the book entitled Uncle Tom 2. And uh, it it basically outlines the fact that any black person, Larry Elders or you, uh, that happen to be conservative and or Republican um, and like people like uh, Donald Trump, and um, Rush, uh, are basically dismissed and disqualified by too many people. Um, and people don't listen to you and elders because they're Republicans, because you guys are Oreos. You're black on the outside, but white on the inside, and that's bad. This book outlines that the KGB years ago, um, it exposes the KBG for working on how to split America. And their consensus was, we got to work on racism. Uh, split the black and white people apart so that they hate one another, and it's a never-ending war until there's actually a civil war. And I don't know if you're familiar with the book or not, but mm-hmm. I love Larry, Larry Elders. Larry. I love you. I listen to you guys. Thank you. And um, I don't know if you have a comment about that. I do. Larry's a friend of mine, and Larry and I talk, and Larry's been on the show before. I hope to have him back. Um, here's the one thing that I don't agree with. For instance, when you say people don't listen to black men, oh, they do listen. Now, they don't agree, but they listen. 
And we pose a threat, black conservatives, in fact, all conservatives pose a threat to liberals. And that's they can pretend that they don't listen all they want to, but that's who they respond to. Right now, the battle over the Senate is going to be determined by black voters in several key battleground states. We had a caller earlier that was saying pretty much we need to just never mind the Hispanic vote and all that. And, and, And this person doesn't understand politics. Because when it comes down to these battleground states, you have small percentages of voters that actually... Let, let us remember something. People don't want to... People forget this. What turned the Florida election? Florida may cement itself as a red state with this coming election. But Ron DeSantis won with less than 20,000 votes. And the margin of victory... And Ron DeSantis' case was black women over the issue of school choice. Now, that's a really narrow issue and a really small number of voters to turn around. Now, once he was governor, he took it and ran. And now he's cementing the whole state as a red state because of his policies. But what got him into office was his understanding of that key issue and that constituency. So when you talk about um, uh, when and and I don't see I'm never gonna play the victim thing here. Oh, people call me an Uncle Tom always. I don't care. I don't give a. I don't give a. Uh, I really don't care what they say. But people do listen, and they listen to black conservatives. If black conservatives make sense, I mean, for goodness sakes, all you gotta do is look at Georgia. Look at what's going on with Warnock and Herschel Walker. Now, let's face facts. Herschel Walker is not the most, how shall we say, articulate orator on the campaign trail. But still, what he's talking about in principle, regardless of how he's articulating it, is resonating. So Larry and I have a lot of agreement. There's a lot of agreement. I'm just looking at that one small premise that, that no one listens to black conservatives. Oh, yeah, they do. And, again, we don't need 25%. We don't need 80% of black Democrats. to. In fact, I would say for most black Democrats, stay where you are, please. Stay in the, Republic, stay in the Democrat Party. Help them secure their defeat. All we need is 20% of the black vote. All we need is 35% of the Hispanic vote. And Democrats will never get national office again. It's that simple. Those aren't huge numbers. Those numbers are attainable. And then leave the rest of the liberals over there with the Democrats. And we're good. Let's go to Kenny in Yonkers. How are you, Kenny? Hey, how you doing, Bo? Uh, uh a supporter of you, but I disagree. I like listening to you, but I disagree with you 95% of the time. Thanks, okay. Kenny. Okay. Some people call me white on the outside and black on the inside mm. because I support many issues that uh, people of the black race want. And I understand. I'm 73 now. I can't captivate what they must have gone through during slavery. And that is an issue that a lot of people want to ignore. But getting off of that, this is my main point. The only reason why I won't vote for Zeldin and I support him on the crime issue and the prosecutor issue 
and the bail issue. Absolutely. And Hochul and the Democrats, this is why I'm objective, unlike many Republicans on the air. Hochul has not done a good job. The Democrats have to change the bail reform laws. Absolutely. But Zeldin, and this is my point of view, and I'm not the only one, the most important issue is the threat of democracy. And you minimize it. You yep, call I January do. 6th nothing. Okay? They just said he's a retired cop. I never said that. I never said okay, that. Okay, fine. Maybe quote me, not quote you. Me correct. Kenny, I said, correct me, correct me. I said, Kenny, that it was heinous. I said that every single person that committed vandalism or an act of violence inside the nation's capital should be punished to the full extent of the law. But what I am against is the way that they are treated, which these people are treated worse than the people were treated over in Abu Ghraib. So be fair. Don't put words in my mouth and say that I didn't uh, say anything about it. January 6th, that was awful. But guess what? Your democracy is not threatened. That's a bunch of rubbish. You, you're voting. Nobody's threatening your democracy. This is all a bunch of bull by the Democrats. They got to hang their hats on something. So now it's January 6th. Wah, wah, wah. January 6th. Wah, wah, wah. Hey, how come they don't talk about the riots in, in Portland that happened for almost a month? How, do, how come they don't talk about how Americans were cities were burning all summer long and they didn't do it? How come that's not a threat to democracy? You're up, Kenny. Go ahead. All right. I agree with you on that point. You're right. However, January 6th, it wasn't a minimal thing, okay? And all I hear now is Republicans are saying that they're not sure whether or not they're going to accept the election results. They're not saying that. You don't find anybody saying that. I heard Terry said that from Arizona. She said that. No, she didn't. That question was asked of her. I played the soundbite. She said she wants, I just played the soundbite from her in the last hour where she talked about it. She was asked specifically about it, and I played the soundbite. And she said she wants to make sure that Democrats, independents, and Republicans all have confidence in the election. We played her in her own words, Kenny. Wrong again. Kenny, I love you. You're one of my favorite people on the planet. But you have to. You have to. Come on. You know you really want to be a Republican. Come on. Just stop kidding yourself. It's time. You know these people are making your country unsafe. I know you kid it's hard. You grew up being a Democrat. You've been a Democrat all your life and you it's hard to make a change like this because you've been told all your life Republicans are evil. But you just said it. Zeldin's mostly right. I agree with the guy. Hoko's done a bad job. Hello? Kenny, take the leap. We love you. We'll be good to you. Just come on. Just join us. You know what's right for America. And you I know will not, not join the- you. And you know it's not I the will. Democrats. Then, then you will suffer. Then you will suffer the consequences, and you have suffered already. <laughs> Got to go, Kenny. Thanks for the call, James Golden, <laughs> A.K.A. Snurly. Our excursion is over. The radio extravaganza ends for today. We'll be back Monday. Remember, God bless each and every single one of you and your families. Remember this also, the real enemy of any communist society is not the dissident. Its real enemies are the beautiful and the good. 
each of which answers to a higher authority. See you on Monday. Bye.